Hello, Embassy City Church. I am so grateful that you have joined us, whether you are local in the DFW Metroplex or you're watching us from around the world. Welcome home. Hey, my wife Juliet's here. She'd love to say hi and encourage you, and then we'll get right into the word. Hi, baby. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> So glad to be back. I missed last week. Yeah, you did. Thank you, you for did. praying for me. And yeah. thank you all for praying for me as well. I felt it. I felt rejuvenated. And I just want to thank you. So this morning uh, on my way here, I wanted, I thought about something that has really blessed my soul. Someone told me this about Mother Teresa years ago. Um, and they said that before Mother Teresa uh, would get up in the morning, uh, that she would lay prostrate on the floor and she would not get up until her heart her mind and her will lined up with God's. Mm -hmm. And I just, that just stuck with me so much. And I wanna challenge you this morning. There's a lot going on in this world, of course, it's not stopping. Um, we constantly have interactions with people. But I just wanna challenge you that today and every day going forward, I wanna make sure that we are getting up in the morning and that we are checking ourselves. Is our heart God's heart today? Is our attitude God's attitude today? Yeah. Is our mindset the way God sees it today? Yeah. Is our life lined up with what Jesus would want? Are we checking ourselves? Are we emptying ourselves of us and being honest with ourselves and getting everything of us out the way to say, Lord, it's not my will, but yours be done. Is my heart lined up with you today in my interactions? Will people see Jesus in me mm. and not me? So I want to challenge you all today with that, and it's even for myself as well. But in such a time as this, we need to make sure that we are lined up with the heart and the compassion and the wisdom of God every day. That's good, baby. God bless you. Yay. Honey, and I want to pray for you really quick. Thank you. I pray, Father, that Tim would speak as the oracles of heaven, you, that his heart would be your heart and that every breath he takes would be the breath of Jesus speaking through him. I pray, Father, that the peace would come upon him and that he would speak with divine wisdom and authority. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. I thank you for your word that you're going to bless these people. Yes. And I pray that it would impact every soul listening. In Jesus' name, Jesus I pray. Name. Amen. 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 God bless you all. I love you, girl. All right. I'm so happy that y'all are here. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up. You heard me, open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter number three. Now listen, uh, you know it's a good time in God's presence when I'm studying for a message, when he gives me one verse and one verse only uh, as the subject, the theme, the topic of what he wants us to dive into today. You know, we've been having an ongoing conversation of what it is to rid the body of Christ of racism, injustice, and also what it is for the body of Christ to be unified and be who God has called us to be. So I wanna read you this one verse, again, one verse out of the book of Ephesians, chapter number three, verse number six, it says this. And this is God's plan. Really, Paul, you 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 can actually summarize for us the entire strategy of God into one verse. Yeah, he did. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news 
share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. It's only one verse and it's so good I want to read it again, okay? And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. If you're taking notes on this message, it's very, very simple. Two words, God's plan. That's right. That's what I want to talk to you today. Two words, God's plan. I don't know about you, but uh, I am a strategist. This is uh, the way my mind works. I, I need a plan for everything. I am a slave to my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it actually does not exist for me. I don't know if there's anybody out there that's like me. You could raise your hand physically or you could uh, type it in if you're watching on YouTube. Put that little emoji hand up. Uh, but if you are a person that uh, is a planner, you understand what it's like uh, to not have a plan. You understand how disorienting it can be uh, when the plans break down or uh, when you get ready to do something with somebody else and they don't seem to have a plan in mind. For planners like us, for strategy, for strategizers like us, it drives us crazy. There's a verse uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 16, verse number nine, that says we make our own plans, but God is the one that determines our steps. If I were to elaborate on that verse, I would say we make our own plans, uh, but then there's God's plans, too. <laughs> and when it comes to the comparison of your plan and my plan versus God's plan, his plan is going to come out on top 10 times out of 10. Here, here's what I want you to understand. God has a plan for his church. God has a plan for the people that he created. His plan was meticulous. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't a rushed plan. It wasn't uh, uh, contrived uh, in the heat of the moment. This, this was a plan that was strategized before the foundations of the world. I want you to make no mistake that all the chaos and the tribulation that our current cultural climate seems to be dealing with right now, none of that is bigger than God's plan. So I want to take you through scripture and just break down this one verse and, and really kind of unfold for you what God's plan for his church is really about. So here's what it says uh, uh, in uh, Genesis chapter number 12. But if you're taking notes and you should be taking notes because nerds rule the world, I need you to write down as the question mark. What is God's plan? What is God's plan? I know we just read what it is, but let's break down what that means. What is God's plan? Point number one, please write this down, that we share equally in the riches. What is God's plan? Point number one, we share equally in 
the riches. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number 12, uh, verse number one. The Lord had said to Abram, that's how far I'm going back with this. Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's the part that we would share in the riches. All the families on earth are going to be blessed through you. Abram had no idea that we were part of the promise that was being made to him in that moment. But God had a plan and it started with the man. Somebody needs to write that down. Every plan that God has starts with the man. Now, ladies, don't get offended by that. You are included on the inside of that because I'm talking about man. And that also includes man with the womb, womb man. All right. But for the sake of my rhyme, just go with me. OK. God has a plan for every man. For those of you that still can't get over that, God has a plan for every person. Anytime you come into a relationship with God, he has a plan for your life. In this faith that he started with Abram, here's what he's saying. I've met, I have a plan for your life, but since you're the first, I want you to understand the plan that I have for your life is going to be the plan that I have for everyone else's life that makes the same commitment to faith that you're making right now. I'm calling you out from among your family and I'm starting with you, Abram, and I'm making a new group of people based on the covenant that I'm making with you. These people came to be known as Hebrews. These people came to be known as Jewish people. Those that God had gone into covenant with are called the Jewish people. This promise comes to Abraham through Isaac. It is multiplied in Jacob, who is called Israel. And we have this faith that has grown because of a promise that was given to Abram. Now, some might say, well, that was just for Jewish people. It's not for Gentiles. But no, the God's plan. And he says it. He he almost encodes in the DNA of his promise that in you, all families are going to be blessed because of the faith that you've just stepped out into. Every single family that has the same faith you do is going to be blessed but I'm starting with you. See, you have to understand God's plan all along was to bless people. But he had to start with a person before it could turn into all people. His plan is no different for your life right now. God wants you to share in the riches of his inheritance. And all you need to do is step out in faith in the same way that Abram did in Genesis chapter number 12, Paul says this because he's trying to get people to understand that um, God had a plan. And I know what that plan is. It wasn't given to the prophets of old, but it's clear to us now that the plan that God had was that for all of us. That would call on the name of Jesus, we would be a part of God's. Plan. This brings me to point number two. Please write this down. What is God's plan? that we share 
one body. What is God's plan? God's plan is very, very simple, that we share one body. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, starting at the 12th verse. The human body has many parts. Paul, let me just stop. Paul, thank you so much. Because sometimes we try to make stuff so complicated and we try to make stuff so uh, 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 difficult. And I love you, Paul. Thank you. I cannot wait to get to heaven so I can just give you a big hug for breaking stuff down and making it so simple and so practical that not even a fool could err. He says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. (laughs) Paul is you talking about coming down to like an elementary level. This man has a doctorate degree, y'all. He is a Pharisee. He knows the law. He is a lawyer. And he's like, no, I can't break it down to you lawyer style because you won't get it. So let me just break it down with something that you should know because you actually have a body. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. <gasps> no. No, you. What? Is it that simple, Paul? Yeah, it is. Your body? His body. Your arms? His arms. Your legs? His legs. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Dropping down to verse number 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Now, this is the uh, time uh, in the message where I get to do my uh, best Steve Harvey impression. So uh, give me Emily. Give me give me Marco. Give me Lucas. Okay, give me Devante and give me Juliet. Y'all come on up here. This is not family feud, this is family unity, all right? All right, so I just want y'all to line up, just line up next to each other, okay? And yes, thank you, that's really, really good. All right, so I hope y'all can see that this uh, seems to be five different people, except in the body of Christ, we are all one. So I want y'all to just link arms, all right. So, So the body of Christ, is one body, right? Emily's not by herself. Marco's not by himself. Devante's not by himself. Lucas is not by himself. Juliet is not by herself. This is, according to heaven's perspective, looking down on people that believe in Jesus, this is one body. And when we're doing great, we all celebrate ah! as one body body. And if somebody's doing bad, we all suffer as one body. If somebody's happy, they don't share in that happiness by themselves. The whole body shares in the happiness. But if one part of the body is suffering, then the whole body suffers. So let's just say, for example, uh, that uh, young Lucas here 
uh, got injured. I want you to drop to one knee because you got injured. There is now a member of the body that is suffering. It's already caused Juliet to start leaning over. Nothing's wrong with her member, but because she's tied to Lucas, she's starting to suffer because Lucas is suffering. And there's some tension that's coming on Devante as well. It would be foolish of us to say because Lucas is now suffering. Well, the whole body matters. Right now, who's suffering is Lucas. And even though we are one body, Lucas matters. Have you go ahead and stand up, Lucas. Have you ever stubbed your toe? I mean, I mean, we got some people in here. Has anybody in here ever stubbed your toe? You ever stubbed your pinky toe? Have you ever caught your pinky toe on the end of like the bed or uh, 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 a dresser and and your whole body comes to the toe? Your arms don't go. No, I shall not comfort that toe. My arm matters. But the toe is in pain. See, see, I need to I need to change some perspective because th- there's a lot of people that are trying to politicize what just happens to be a true statement. And in this cultural climate that we're dealing with right now, uh, uh, black people are being are, are, are being spotlighted for the injustices that have been done in this country. Doesn't mean that no one else matters. And it doesn't mean that we're part of a political movement because we say our lives matter. What it means is as the body of Christ, when one suffers, we all suffers. There's many of you that are right now, you're watching me and you live in Texas and you're a cowboy fan. I don't associate you with losing because you associate yourself with the Cowboys. Y'all haven't won a championship since the 90s. But if you say I'm a Cowboys fan, I don't automatically call you a loser or think that your life is just uh, L after L and no playoffs and, and no Super Bowl rings just because you like a team. In the same way, if we say in the body of Christ that a black life matters, it doesn't mean we are also a part of a political movement. It just means the statement is true. Because the whole body is one body. And when one suffers, drop to one knee again. When one suffers, we all suffer. And if we could see ourselves as the one body that God had a plan for, we would stop fighting each other when we suffer, when we suffer and we would start helping each other when we suffer. So so so. Hey, body, Lucas needs some help getting back up. What do what, what does the body do when a part of the body hurts? Give it, you give it some attention. How, how, how will you give some attention to him right now? They, they, the body helps the body back up. See, what we're trying to do in this season is get the body of Christ, Big C Church, to come back to the realization that we are all we got. 
as if we don't suffer enough persecution from the world, we cannot be fighting each other. Yeah. Now, you maybe maybe you've never uh, uh, paid attention to your pinky toe. May, may, maybe you have some severed nerve endings and when you stub your toe, you don't feel it. But I promise you that if your pinky toe is broken, it's broken. Whether you feel it or not, whether you hear it or not, it's still broken and it needs some attention. And the fact that it needs attention does not mean that the rest of the body is not important, nor does it mean that the rest of the body is is disconnected. It means we have to focus on the issue at hand and resolve it. God's plan was for us to be one body. Because as one body, we represent, we face forward to the world to show the entire world that we are one. Lutheran, Anglican, Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostal, Charismatic, Church of God and Prophecy, uh, uh, Assemblies of God, uh, uh, Church of God in Christ. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, we are a part of the same body. And I'm not here to argue with you. I can't imagine the arm trying to argue with the knee. I don't understand why you bend so much. Well, I don't understand why you wave so much. We're the same body. But if we don't get a picture of what that looks like, then we'll still act like disconnect and spread out. This this is the way the church has been acting for over 100 years in this country. Long before COVID brought social distancing, we did it. The Church of Jesus Christ has been socially distant from each other based on theological belief, based on how you baptize people based on worship styles, (laughs) based on preaching styles. It is time for the body to come back together because if they see us unified, then they'll have the proper picture of how they are supposed to be unified. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate you. Listen, we are one. God made us to be one. This is the reason why I have so many stamps uh, uh, in my passport, because because I got this revelation at a very early age when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. January 14th, 1996, I had this revelation of the kingdom of God. And what that let me know was uh, the whole world was open to me. God, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Because I want to be one with the larger body of Christ. You have no idea how amazing it is to land in a, uh, uh, a Muslim dominant country like 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 uh, Malaysia and get off the plane and walk through customs and, 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 and be greeted by a Malaysian uh, a young man that says, hey, brother, I'm here to pick you up. The body of Christ is the biggest fraternity and sorority in the entire world. And when you include yourself as a part of that body. Joined together, not separate, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, Southeast Asian, Chinese, Korean. When you just say, no, 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 no. I know what my ethnicity is, but my identity supersedes that. Then we all get to be one 
body that has one objective, and that's to make disciples of the whole world. This is God's plan. God's plan was to make us one body. He's the one that planned it. This is not a good idea we came up with. This is God's idea that he wants to implement. And he only has one vehicle by which to do it through, and that's his church. Point number three. Please write this down. What is God's plan? That we enjoy the promise of blessings. What is God's plan? That we enjoy the promise of blessings. Here's what it says uh, in the good book of Galatians. Chapter number three, verse number 15 and 16. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Let me just stop there. I, Paul, oh, I blow kisses to you, Paul. Paul's just making, I love the fact that uh, somebody that has, uh, whose mind has gone through the intellectual rigor of, of memorizing the Torah and um, uh, going through uh, uh, such lengths to make sure that, that he understood uh, not just the law, uh, as it is written, but the interpretation of the law and the revelation that he has on top of it in Jesus Christ, that he would take all of that intellect and put it to the side and said, let me just break down some everyday examples for y'all to get it. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend, ooh, this is so good to me, an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. King James Version says, and his seed. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And I love this part because this is where the intellect comes in. And that is and that, of course, means Christ. God wants you and I to participate in the blessings and the promises that he gives. I love this example that uh, Paul uses. Paul says, listen, let me just give you an example from, from, from everyday life. If someone uh, makes a promise, uh, it's irrevocable because it's kind of like going into a contract or a deed. There was covenant uh, promises that God made uh, with Abraham, with Jacob, with David. But here's the thing that's interesting. It's not just the promise he gave, but it's the oath that he made. See, when, when, when you go into covenant uh, with someone, that means that both parties are responsible for holding up their end of the deal. But, but, but God knew that what he was promising Abraham, Abraham couldn't hold it up if he wanted to. So he gives him a promise, but he also swears by an oath. Now, this is anytime I talk about this, my voice gets loud and I get super happy feet. OK, and here's why. Because God, when he got ready to swear, there was no one he could swear by that was greater than himself. If you go into a court of law right now and you are sworn in to give testimony, you usually place your hand on the Bible and you raise your right hand and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. When God got ready to make his promise, he also made this promise and gave an oath. But there is nobody that God could swear by except himself because there was no one greater than him. There was no one above him. So he swears by himself. I swear by me 
that I am going to bless you with the promises I chose to give you. And to Abram, he makes a promise that he will have a child whose life would bring redemption to all. And that, of course, is Christ Jesus. God wants us to share in the promise that he gave to Abraham. And that promise was that he would have a son. And he wasn't talking about Isaac. He was talking about Jesus. Could it be that there are some promises that God has given you and you don't feel like they're coming to pass? Perhaps he spoke it to you to get it through you. For your children, your children's children, or your children's children's children. What if the promise was so heavy it could not even be unfolded in your generation? That's the promise that he wants to give to you and I. That's the promise he wants us to celebrate in together. I made this statement last week. The thought had just jumped into my mind that that perhaps the reason why God sent us all home under the guise of quarantine was to make us go back into our own homes and subsequently our own hearts and really ask ourselves the question, do we want to be one body? Before you go back in my church, do you actually just want to be one body? Or do you want to keep your blackness so much that it alienates you from the rest of the body? You want to keep your whiteness so much that it alienates you from the rest. of the, You want to keep your Hispanic heritage so much that would cause you to alienate yourself from the rest of the body of Christ. Maybe you had a plan. Maybe your plan was white power. Maybe it was black power. Maybe it was brown power. Maybe it was mocha power. Maybe it was high yellow power. Slightly pinkish power. I don't know these skin tones anymore, okay? There's just too many colors in the crayon box. Maybe you had a plan. As aforementioned, we make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. God has a plan. And it supersedes what you and I could ever strategize, contrive, or circle on a calendar. His plan becomes our plan because we find ourselves in Christ Jesus. What is God's plan? That we share in the riches. That we, as brothers and sisters, recognize that we are one body. Amen. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And finally, we have a promise. 
The promise is a person and his name is Jesus. This is the declaration we get to give to the world, black and white and Asian and Hispanic and Southeast Asian and Korean and Brazilian and, and, and English and Australian and whatever you are. If you find yourself in him, we all with one voice declare one person to be above all. Christ and Christ alone, the hope of glory. We are that body. We are that church. This is God's plan. And we choose to execute it. Father God, I pray right now in Jesus name. That you would take this word. And embed it deeply within our hearts. God, I feel an anointing to shake the tree. <laughs> Until all the bad fruit falls off. I feel anointed to shake the tree until every dead limb leaves. I feel anointed to shake the tree until anything that's not connected to the root falls out. God, make us one. May our identity in Christ supersede our ethnicity in skin. May our identity in Christ supersede the politics of men. May our identity in Christ supersede our theological perspective in church. Make us one in Jesus name.